Hey, my name is Akash Thakar, and this is Sound Business. This is the podcast where we dive into the mindsets and methods of some of the top musicians, sound designers, or audio creators in the world. We're going to interview everyone from plug-in makers, performing musicians, video game composers, and everything in between, and learn how they run a successful business and how they're making a killer living in the worlds of music and sound. My hope with this podcast is that you can be exposed to the many myriad different ways there are to make a killer living in the worlds of music and sound, and help you realize that there's no one right way to get to the top. And with that, let's get into the episode. Our guest today is Jason Cushing, who runs the company Soundmorph up in Bellingham, Washington. Now, Soundmorph is a huge proprietor of sound effects libraries, audio software, and audio plugins. So if you make sound effects for a living, if you are a sound designer, or you want to be a sound designer, Soundmorph is usually something that's going to be in most people's sound effects libraries. They've worked on tons and tons and tons of different products over the years, from sci-fi weapons to steampunk libraries and everything in between. And on top of that, they also make their own software to help you create sound from scratch. Now, Jason started his career as a game sound designer, like so many people, working on games like Mass Effect, Skate, and tons of other Bioware projects. Eventually, though, he wanted to make his own company and sell his sound effects to people from all over the world. And considering there are so many field recordists and sound designers out there who are curious, how can I sell my own libraries? How can I make them? Is there a way to make money off of them? Jason can help answer those questions, which is why I'm so excited to have him on the show. So considering Jason is such an interesting mix between entrepreneur and sound designer, it's definitely going to be a great interview. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Jason Cushing. So the the first question I have for you is considering you started in games like me and like many of the people who will be listening to this, you worked on huge games like Skate 2 and Mass Effect 2 and so, so many others. AAA basically is what you did a lot of. And then eventually something in your brain said, all right, it's time to stop doing this full time AAA gig. And now it's time to start my own business, my own thing. What was that kind of transition like? And what was the impetus in your brain to make you say, no, 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 I want to do my own thing? I think it was just like, like I had wanted to have a business, I think. And I was always thinking like, what could I do? I think it's exciting to have your own thing that you have a bit more control yeah. over. And that's, that's probably... The reason a lot of people start a business is because they want to have a control over their their own fate, so to speak. And I think that that's a you know that isn't for everybody. Right. It's a choice that you make. You know, some people like the structure of a of a corporation or a business, and they go and they work and they come home and they they enjoy their profession or the people they work with and everything, and that's what works for them. You know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And, and that's what I was doing kind of too. But I think I just wanted to see if I could, you know? I mean, I think I had thought about in my mind, like I wanted to start, because I, I originally started off in dialogue editing, like cartoons and stuff like that. And um, I had a pretty good reputation for being a good dialogue editor. And then I got in working as a sound designer for like electronic arts and some of the bigger game companies. And then having relationships with them, I thought, well, maybe I could make a dialogue service company or something like that. And it didn't really like ever come to fruition. I, I was trying to get the contracts, but it wasn't really working out or whatever. And, th and then I think I was also like, I'm more excited about sound design and 
software and like you know the the reason we started was because i felt like there was stuff missing basically and at the time there was and now there's a ton of great stuff so it's harder to make a name for yourself now i think a little bit but yeah the the transition was really just like i want to try something out and see and really i had no expectation i was working on it for like a year with two of my friends and now it's just two partners but there was three at one point and um like just working on it for a year and not knowing like is this going to be anything but also having really not not very high expectations really it was really just like i hope i can buy a cheeseburger or something that'd be cool and it's seriously <laughs> like that's what it was and yeah the transitions it wasn't immediate you know it was it, it was over time and it, it just kind of like as much as i liked the stability of working at a corporate game place my passion was much more being magnetized towards sound morph and it was my baby that had been birthed and and it was spreading and like it was exciting you know so it just became clear like not only do i not have the energy to do both and even though it's like oh it's great to have both of those incomes coming in cuz sound morph started becoming pretty popular but i just kind of i knew i didn't have the the drive to keep doing games and i had been doing them for for a while, you know, and it's like a crunch a lot. And um I, I don't want to make too much of a stereotype, but I think there's a reason why there's not a lot of older people at <laughs> at some companies yes. like that because they're just like screw this, I'm out of here. I'm going to find something Absolutely. else to do or you know, it's too it's too draining on them and their families, especially like during crunch time and some people like that and maybe they work it out with their families, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'll bet you there's some fights about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> like you're always at the game studio. I'm not just playing games, <laughs> goddammit. I'm making a living. They're like, you know, the, the the wife is thinking the guy's just like with his buddies, like, yeah, you're making video games, I'm sure. Anyway, like I think I just like got to a point where it was a clearly proven thing that we could live off of and not just a pipe dream because it would be foolish yeah. to quit your job if you have one. Right now, <laughs> I don't know what it's like out there, but I'm guessing it's not, you know, I don't know. I actually, I mean, I don't know. The, the media industry is maybe really thriving right now. In, in some sense, it's still going. So, but, I, you know, I think in general, you should keep the job you have unless you've got a big nest egg saved up and you're like, I don't care. I'm going to, all my chips are in. I'm going to try. And that's okay too. You know, it's like you try and if you fail, then you beg to get a job back, I guess. But <laughs> I think personally, it's safer to like, develop something while you have an income, prove that it works, and then you can decide, okay, well, it feels like it's the right time to leave the nest, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. we were lucky because we started at a time where there wasn't a lot of sites yet. You know, really there was, I, I mean, maybe Sound Dogs and Pro Sound Effects, Hollywood Edge, Sound Ideas. And then Boom came along and Boom was like, everyone was like, wow, these guys are really good. And I think that that's kind of what I was thinking and then I had already worked for electronic arts and bigger game companies and was kind of like, hmm, I think I could do something here. So, I mean, I think that part of our success is the thought behind it, but it's also the right time at the right place kind of thing. And, you know, that, that's all I can say about that. I don't know, like, you know, it's not that like somebody else couldn't start one now too. I'm not saying you can't, like you, definitely you could. But you have to understand what you're getting into too. Like, how much do you want to work? Like, do you want to work only on that? Or do you want it to just be kind of like a side hustle? Or, you know, I, th I think that that's all stuff to consider. Like, what is your intention? What's your goal? 
And I think mine at first was just see what happens. Right. Right. And, and then you adjust your expectations as you go mm-hmm. and what you want it to be. Like right now I'm, we're in a spot where it's like, how much do we want to grow? And what does that mean for our lives? You know, it's just the two of us. And then we have uh, my good friend and colleague, Andrew Pals has joined Soundmorph to help us with just some of the development, recording, and working with other artists now because we have cinematic as well. So, you know, we're, we're taking it slow. I think that's more my partner, Jan, and I's style to just try to be a bit calculated, but we took a risk with cinematic. You know, it was, it was like several years of making it and there was some years where it really didn't get worked on much at all, but this last, you know, since COVID started, I was like, well, I'm at home all the time. So uh, let's finish this thing, you know? (laughs) So it's still kind of a baby of a company really. And to be honest, it's been pretty slow. So we're trying to figure out like how we can change that. Sometimes in business, I think you try stuff and, and it doesn't work. (laughs) and you have to go back to the drawing board and sometimes that's painful and sometimes you feel like oh my gosh I really failed here when we first launched cinematic we were feeling a bit like that it was too slow compared to what we were used to with Soundmorph so it was like "Uh uh-oh you know but it's been a saying that that I I picked up from actually from the situation on Jersey Shore (laughs) and he I don't know if you know but he had like a drug and alcohol problem all this stuff went to jail And yeah, I think he really cleaned himself up. And his saying is, it's not the setback, it's the comeback. And it's something that I really have been kind of like trying to say to myself over and over because you're just like faced with like stoicism is something I just started reading about because of having lots of time on my hands and trying to make myself better. And it's kind of like that. It's not your, your life is constant setbacks and it's all about how you approach them and small problems and big problems and medium problems. And all these problems accumulate to your life. So I've been really, you know, excited to dive into something that I uh, didn't know much about before, but it's a nice way to approach life in general. I know it's like, it seems like a side note to, I love it. to audio stuff, but uh, like when it comes to building a company or something, that was probably one of the biggest, like, felt like I got like uppercutted by like Mike Tyson and fell down. I was like, Oh, and like, I, I think in my head, I was expecting to be like throwing money up over my head <laughs> and it's been slow. I mean, we've had some sales and stuff and we're building it, but like, it hasn't been like the grand slam that we were hoping for, but you know, sometimes that happens and it's just, you need to step back from it, look at it objectively. Don't take it personally, even though you put six months or, I mean, it was five years, but six months of hard work into it because I'm proud of what we made, you know, like it works well. It looks cool. It's probably just a few tweaks away from maybe being great, you know? So Mm -hmm. you can't let stuff like that defeat you. Well, you can, but life's not going to be so great if you do. (laughs) (laughs) So like now that you have, you know, two companies humming along, they exist, they're well-formed. You have kind of plans in your head, on what to do next, or at least you're talking them out with people. How do you kind of make sure that you are staying top of mind with people, especially because you mentioned at the time you started Soundmorph, there weren't that many sound companies or a handful. Now we have so many. I even get approached by sound designers now saying like, okay, I need to bolster my income. Time to make sound libraries. I see that happening more and more. So how do you make sure you stay top of mind with people so people keep coming to Soundmorph? and cinematic and in the case of cinematic where the growth isn't as fast as sound morph 
how do you kind of split your attention to say, okay, sound morph is going now I need to do X, Y, Z with cinematic to make sure it's good, but I don't want sound morph to like disappear from people's minds. How do you kind of split that and what tactics or thoughts do you use? Uh, yeah, it's tricky, man. You know, it's a balancing act and it's just like life. Like you have to have a balance in what you approach and um, you have to go in the directions that you need to go in that moment. There's time to work out in the day and there's time to eat food. You have to like feel those moments and go there. Right. And I think with the the setback that that we face with Cinemac not exploding right away, because I was hoping like, oh, I can hire my buddy on full time and he'll manage it and it'll be great success for him and great success for us. And everybody wins. Yay. And that still can happen, but it just didn't happen right away. So, you know, we have actually kind of shifted back to sound morph i felt it need, needed a site update so we've been working on updates for that for the last few weeks and there's lots more to come for that so to make the user experience nicer i mean it's already pretty good but like the devil's in the details and there's a lot a lot a lot of details in site design and every little pixel has to be in the right spot and if it's not you know that's the feeling that you're creating for somebody when they come to visit you how does it look? How does it feel? How do they connect with it emotionally? You know, if you want to charge some decent money, you got to give a decent experience. And that includes like everything and how they interact with your site, what the invoice looks like, what emails they get. And now I'm starting to notice like some of our transactional emails are looking a bit dated and like lots of stuff. I mean, the user accounts and the way the buttons look and what font we use and trends change and it's constantly evolving. But, you know, every once in a while, when you're a website owner, you need to freshen it up or you're going to look like you're not paying attention or you're going to look old, <laughs> you know? And in this day and age, people more and more so, I think, expect it to look nice and feel nice and they've got choices, you know, and they don't have to choose you. So I think that one of our successes with Soundmorph was we always really cared about the users, their experience and the quality of stuff that they get. And that's, that's a genuine thing. It's not just, oh, give us your money, you know, because <laughs> if that's all you're doing, you're not going to have customers for very long. So I really strive to have really good customer support, connect with the people that, that are buying our stuff, and not in a fake way, not in a like cheesy car salesman way. I really want to know what they're doing and what they're using it for. And, you know, it's kind of my legacy to put out sound out into the universe, you know. So the more that I can kind of connect with the people that are using it, the more I can know what to make and what they're feeling, how they're liking it, all that stuff. I think the way you treat your customers, if you treat them really well and you connect with them and you care, that's the number one thing. If you don't have any connection to them, they're not going to buy your stuff. So how do you get that connection? Well, I mean, we can talk about some of that stuff if you want to, but I was literally about to ask, like, how do you make sure you stay kind of loved by them? Because again, they have choices, right? It's very easy for them to be like, well, that was good. And then forget that you've ever existed. Like that's true of so many companies, right? <laughs> they can just bounce to something else yeah. once they have the file they're set, right? But how do you make sure they keep coming back and want to come back, right? Yeah, I know. Um, you know, that's a good question because, I mean, it's something that I guess we're always kind of trying to think about a bit. I think you keep them coming back by making content that they really value. They see that that this is interesting. They see that you care and you're passionate about putting out stuff that's going to be really useful in the community. 
in whatever project they might be working on. Cause we really do. And, you know, some seem very special. You can kind of just feel this one's the one in some way. Sometimes that's sort of unexplainable. How does something come together perfectly or, or quote perfectly, or is more successful than another one? It's got that special <laughs> je ne sais quoi, you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, that just sort of sometimes just happens, but to keep them coming back, you know, there's all the, the sort of typical strategies, I guess, of like, for instance, a lot of them will have like monthly free sounds or blog posts. A sound effect does a lot of blog posts. So he keeps a lot of people engaged with his site and then sort of gets it into a lot of the studio's site uh, mind and students' minds. Like this is the place I go to not only buy sounds, but to learn about how to, you know, use them and stuff like that. Now, Soundmorph doesn't do a blog, but we've thought about maybe doing something like that. But that takes somebody's dedication and time. And I think that maybe we've, we've tossed around the idea of maybe doing something like that. But I just don't want to do it unless we really have like enough, you know, I'm not a journalist for one. I'm not a video production guy. So I'm not going to go out and do a bunch of videos with sound designers. I'm a creator, you know, so I think that that's been our success is we create good stuff. And, you know, we, we give away stuff every year that keeps people coming back. And that's a really good feeling because it's like, it feels like a thank you to our customers in a sense. And it's really heartwarming to hear their reaction to that. Like if they're a winner or something, or even if they're not, like they, they're just like, thanks Salmore for doing this, you know? So that feels good as like building something where I'm able to give away stuff like that. I mean, we've given away thousands of dollars worth of gear now. So that's pretty cool. You know, like that. And I've never won any of that stuff. Every time I'm, I'm always like, I'm a little bit jealous. Of, you know, you're... <laughs> I think that this is the stuff in life that you remember is this, the, the nice things that you did in life, you know, and giving to other people. Yeah. It feels good. So it's a byproduct of, you know, you feel good about doing something that's you have um, such a nice. good wholesome mindset so. about all of this. And just makes me just makes me so happy. <laughs> I just love it so much. So like, considering you are kind of thinking of so much stuff at once, and you have, you know, other people handling other parts of the business, you're probably handling more sound stuff, maybe other people are handling like customer support, things like that. How do you kind of mm -hmm. delegate and stay focused while also knowing, okay, here's the next library we need to make that will do well for us financially. Like, how are all these thoughts kind of spit in your head? Do you just kind of have meetings every week that say, okay, today is library ideation day and we need to do market research to figure out what libraries people will like. Is it all, let's go with our gut. Is it somewhere in between? How are you kind of splitting all of that? I mean, I would say it's probably somewhere in between. Like uh, initially we were pretty like loose, loosey goosey with our planning and still kind of are. I'm not sure if it's just me and my partner's like mentality, but I mean, I work a lot on, on, on Soundmorph, really, I do, but I, it's like the thoughts come and we go in that direction a little bit. <laughs> but to, to be totally clear, like we're, we're trying to have more weekly meetings, like some of it's necessary for management, especially if you want, like our site is completely custom, so it's not made on any framework backend, like uh, WordPress or anything like that. So it takes a lot of time to make changes sometimes in there, but, but we can really customize it. So it's, that's kind of cool, but it's tricky to, to balance all that stuff. And it's something I'm still learning to do to this day. Like we're not a corporation, you know? So uh, we have to like, I, I have meetings with my partner somewhat frequently and we just kind of talk about, okay, what are we going to do for this next few weeks? I usually have a list of stuff that 
I might want to propose or discuss. And we have a great relationship. So that's good because uh, you can really do well when you have a partner, but if you have a bad partner, it can really be bad. <laughs> it's like having a nightmare marriage <laughs> to somebody, <laughs> you know, it's, it can be worse than that actually. But I mean, it's financially anyway, <laughs> well, sometimes yeah. emotionally, but yeah, yeah to both, both, it could be both, but I mean, we do get along really well. So that's definitely part of, I think why we work well as a company too, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a balancing act really. And like scheduling is, um, it's always a little bit tricky. So I, I just ordered, like, I have this cool glass ideas board by me, which is nice. So when something comes to my head, I'm like, and then I write it down which I think is kind of nice. I, I like writing things down. I don't like, I mean, I have all, you know, the new sure. gadgets and whatever, but like, I think my brain just works better with Absolutely. pen and paper. So I just got a calendar eight by 12 planner for 2021. Nice. So we'll see how that's going to go. Okay. I can get back to you, but yeah, a lot of the stuff, it's like, we're always kind of paying attention to what's going on and then thinking about what might do well out there. So, you know, it's, it's always just a process and you don't always really know, I think, but we study the stuff that sold well already. And then we kind of go, Hmm, well, that did well. Why don't we do something, you know, X, Y, Z. And there are people, there's companies that I'm sure have more of a research budget, possibly a marketing budget. We don't do any marketing nice. really other than like we pay some Facebook ads and Instagram ads sometimes for just boost our like mm -hmm. our announcements so we have a new library and then we'll pay some money on that to annoy the <laughs> hell out of everyone out there <laughs> i love it i love it yeah it's kind of nice to hear that like you're doing as well as you are without needing to have this kind of machine behind you right it's not this non-stop just soul-sucking machine and i'm curious actually how do you make sure that it is a process like you mentioned and it isn't instant like you don't make a library in one day it's not a 24-hour process it's a long thoughtful process to make all the sounds then tag them quality check them all these steps that you need to take how do you make sure one you're enjoying the creative process and two that you're getting over the idea that you really want that instant gratification because boy that's a delicious pear that we want to eat is instant gratification and you're avoiding it as a business owner. You have to avoid it every single day. So how do you make sure you enjoyed the process and avoid the idea that you just have to have it now? <laughs> I mean, I think it takes practice really like to be thoughtful about every part of it because I mean, it's sort of a poison in our society that we expect instant gratification. And I have been guilty of that. And I think I'm even more, recently trying to just reframe how I approach everything that I do. So that's not a stressor. So that's fun. I mean, we're, we're doing stuff that's supposed to be creative. It takes time sometimes to make something good. I think I, you know, learn over the years that taking time to do something good feels better than expecting something good right away. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the experimentation is part of the process of creating. So you have to become good at having a day that doesn't work out maybe as well. And maybe you sat down to play some music and you're like, I'm going to do something great. And then it doesn't feel that good or something, but it's all just part of learning what you like yeah. and what works for you too. So I try to bypass some of that instant gratification just as, as trying to stay um, engaged with each part of doing it just to try to enjoy it, you know, and, it, and it's hard work sometimes, but the hard work has, has a reward of hopefully being like, 
oh, I did all that. That was a lot of work and it was a whole process, but isn't this going to be fun to share with everybody and show them what I love and what I care about putting out. And that's exciting. I mean, every time we put something out, it's a rush kind of, yeah. you know, and what that is, who knows? I mean, is that just your, your ego going like, <laughs> Absolutely. give me that. I want that. I want everyone to tell me how great I am. Probably yeah, a little totally. bit. <laughs> we were all humans, right? We all want a little bit of that. It's always nice. And it's, it's good yeah. to kind of feel that, especially when you know you didn't half-ass something and it's out there and people like it. That's when it really hits. Like, that's when it feels super, super good because you know you put in the work. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the more I think about it, it feels good because I really love sound and I want other people to love it and value that creativity behind it because what we do is pretty, you know... Nobody aside from us really knows what the hell we do. Not at all. Like the very idea that you can smash a watermelon and get money out of it on the other end is just the most insane thing in the world. And that's what I tell people who don't work in any media form what I do. Like just I just crush a watermelon and then money happens eventually on the other side. Uh, but it's absurd. It's just such a silly job and I love it. Yeah, it's funny. My mom, like she's not going to church now because of COVID, but you know, she always wanted me to go to church and I, I'm not really religious, but I would go like to right. just to make her happy, you know. And when she'd get there, she would, you know, grab my shoulder and be like, let me introduce you oh. to Jason. And they'd be like, oh, well, what do you do? And then my mom would always love to jump in and be like, he sells sound. And then they're like, huh? <laughs> and, and then my mom's like, that's right. He sells sound. And they're so confused. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, this reminds me of something that just happened the other day. It was pretty funny. So there's this really beautiful garden that was donated to the city by this couple that is in the woods, not too far from my house, actually where both of me and my girlfriend grew up. And it's one of my favorite places because it's usually not populated at all. I mean, sometimes there's a few people, but it's it's an art garden and it's it's pretty large and it's in the middle of the woods and it's not in a main area really. So it's often more isolated which is a nice, yeah, it's just nice to go there and be like, wow, a beautiful garden. It's like, it's almost all, all to myself sometimes. Anyway, there's this water pump thing, like treatment pump that's outside of this like Zen garden. <laughs> and it's got this like drone that's like really sort of ominous. And we were always walking by and I, I was always going, I need to record that. Finally, like a few days ago, nice. I remembered to bring my, I really need to bring my portable recorded like always with me. It should be the habit that I do. I, you know, sometimes you go through roller coasters of I'm just managing the company and I'm not doing a lot of recording. But anyway, we got there and there was a city parks guy that had just come out of like a little 10 by 10 foot building with like an industrial door. And he had just come out of there with earmuffs on and it was like really loud in there. And um, he's walking back to his truck as we're walking up and I've got like my Sony D100 with like the wind protector on it. And he's kind of like about to get in his truck. He's like 50 feet away and he's just staring at us. And I, I just know, you know, like I've done enough recording. I'm like, I, I was going to just start recording. And then I was like, so my girlfriend, I'm like, I better go tell him because he's going to be like, what the fuck Absolutely. are you doing? Like, you know, are you, are <laughs> right. you a terrorist or something? Because it was this vent that was like right up against the building. Anyways, he comes back over and I was like, I just want to let you know I'm a sound guy. So I'm recording the sound. And he's like, okay. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work in like uh, film and games and stuff. And so, and he's like, what, do you live around here? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we live pretty close by. And he's like, could you hear the sound from there? 
And I was like, no, no. And he thought I was like somebody coming to do like a decibel reading to like, it was not registering on as like what the hell I was doing. It's very <laughs> Which is common. just kind of funny. But I mean, I don't think it's that alien, but like I have had people ask me if I had a gun. Absolutely. Yes. Stuff like that. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> please. Do right. not I've been me. considering <laughs> finding some way to make custom like pink Zoom cases and pink like dead cats so that I look as unthreatening as humanly possible. And one thing that I've been doing, which makes me sound even crazier <laughs> than I am, is I bought a construction vest and road cones and I just put those on and down oh. and then no one even looks at me. That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. They just think you're official. I mean, I've heard that that's what people do to rob houses. Oh, <laughs> just like, you know, they'll put on like, I'm oh, from terrifying. the property. Uh, and then they like bust in and take everything and load oh, up their geez. stuff. Well, I'm a wholesome uh, dresser upper. No, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. just saying it's, it's a good way it's to rob a place. I'm mean, giving uh, out illicit advice. <laughs> Do not. Uh, don't sue us. No, you can't. Can you make your listeners sign right? Yeah, kind well, of we can just say don't sue they... us, and then therefore it's we're we're <laughs> right. legally yeah. completely protected. That's how it works. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I, the cops are going to come for me. We heard right. We, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's going to be listening to this outside of sound. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, like for people who are kind of breaking into the field, a question I get a lot, and maybe you do too, is like. How do I work with you? I want to be an intern or how do I kind of break in those sorts mm -hmm. of things for you specifically for people who want to work with someone like you who runs a sound company, mm -hmm. what sorts of things should people kind of be working towards? What kind of skill sets should they have when someone reaches out to you, sends you an email, something like that? What really impresses you? What sorts of things do you really like to see? So when, and when you are hiring someone, what's kind of the decision makers, what makes you say, ah, this is the person that want to help me make the sound library. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of things to it, I think. And we get contacted by a good handful of people pretty frequently asking to work for us or work, you know, as an intern or with the, or they want to be hired for us. Yeah. And I would say that sadly, a lot of them <laughs> miss the mark a bit, I think. And it's just maybe they just don't know, but we're pretty busy. It's a two person company. And yet, like we do hire a lot of contractors to help us make stuff. So we're always happy to talk to people. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is like, uh, I hate to say it, but a lot of people with not very much skill will try it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but maybe you're not quite ready to make AAA level stuff. So maybe there's something else you could do. I mean, I think that like what I appreciate, and this is something that i recognize well, I'm watching this show called Undercover Billionaire. I don't know if you've ever Never seen it. it. <laughs> the first season was pretty good. It's about this billionaire. He's like, I'm going to show that the American dream's still alive. So I'm going to start with a hundred dollars oh and a truck and a cell phone. And I'm going to build a million dollar company within 90 days, not using any of my connections. One of the things he is talking about is if you're trying to get into a business with somebody is you find something that they need and then you present it to them. So I'll often a lot of people will just like, I want to work for you. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, I'm not sure. What can you do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's always better to present a cake than tell someone, you know, how to make one. Like, let me taste it. <laughs> you know, so I always like it when somebody's like, hey, I really love your company. I think the quality is amazing. I'm really passionate and I, I make sounds. Here's 20 of them that I think are my best ever. Can I send them to you? That would be one way to do it. 
because then I'm like, oh, well, let's see if this guy's any good. And then I, I have a listen and then I throw it in the garbage and that's it. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, sometimes <laughs> that happens. But yeah, I think that's a good way, you know, to approach a company that you want to work for. If you want them to hire you, they need a reason to hire you. So either that's they have a position posted on their mm -hmm. site or they're just not doing something that they didn't either have time to do or didn't know how to do. So like for me, I'm not a programmer. I understand programming. I did, I've done programming in, in college, like C++ and, and some other stuff, but I'm not a pro in that. So I need programmers mm -hmm. and I'm not a pro in marketing. I've just always gone off of my gut and I try to research stuff online and teach myself new things about tricks and web design and marketing and getting people to come back, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not a pro in that. So I reach a certain limit in what my capabilities are. And that's when you need to have other people if you want to grow bigger. Now, we might just grow bigger off of mm -hmm. the luck of, you know, being around longer, word spreads, and that can happen too. But if you really want to like get big, big, you, you need more of a team. So it depends on what your goal is. Mm. But that team requires having different sets of skills that I don't have. I mean, I started as a sound designer that built a website and became a business guy. Kind of like you're saying, you went to Berkeley for music, but you're more of like a business guy that does music. And sometimes that happens with a lot of people in the music industry. Right, yeah, like right. You're a professional composer that writes for all these crazy good things because you built yourself up to that somehow. And that doesn't just happen by itself. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it takes some work and that, that's when it takes some bus business savviness is always a good thing, I think, to have if you're interested in doing something like that, to talk to other people that are running companies, try to network with them if you can. I mean, I can't talk to everybody all the time. I'm busy. But I try to, I try to carve out some time to connect and I like doing the podcast and I like going to events and meeting people and it feels good. It feels challenging you know, to like try to bring something to the table. Sometimes you feel like you're just saying the same stuff all the time, especially if you do it a lot. Um, it can sort of feel like that sometimes. Anyways, I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> no, no uh, at all. it's always just good before you send something off to, you know, maybe triple check it a few times. And is this how I want to present myself for the first time to this other person that I'm trying to work for? You know, and I always appreciate mm -hmm. well-crafted short emails that get to the point. Don't just tell me you want to work for me. That's great. Like what? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little harsh, but you know, like. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I know that you want to feel special and, and I want that for you too, but then you need to do something special. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. It's Yes. Very true. It is the crux of it. It is it is kind of the, the truth of working in any, especially entertainment field or media field or anything like that. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up here shortly, but I'm I'm curious for a kind of a second to last question. I'll ask you after this one for uh, your socials and all that sort of stuff. But before we get to that, I'm curious when you first started, you're first starting out as a sound designer, mm -hmm. you're first getting into this field, brand new, just baby level Jason. <laughs> uh, what was kind of your definition of success and how has that changed over the years and what is it now? Definition of success for like, as far as like starting in sound? It can be anything. It can be related to your career. It can be related to relationships. Uh -huh. It can be all okay. of the above. Just for having a successful life in general. Oh, a successful life. Oh, geez. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, like it's changed over the, even over the last year i've had a lot of changes absolutely i lost 70 pounds i started meditating Ooh. i stopped drinking which has been a whole journey in itself Love of that. like um you know having some moments of like oh i can i could go back to drinking and then like drinking way too much it, it's been a journey so my experience of like what i define as success is changing I think as I'm older now, like my definition of success is living a balanced life where you connect with other humans and you try to leave some sort of goodness in the world. And for me, I mean, in a way, I guess that sound, it could be something else like later. It could be a plant that I plant or or a kitty that I have or a kid or, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in life. But I think that like trying to connect and do the right thing and provide creativity for people is kind of what I would like to do now. But I think when I was younger, there was very much a like, I'll be happy when I work at Electronic Arts. Mm -hmm. That's when I'll be happy because that will prove that I'm the best. That's what I remember thinking. And for me, that was a big goal. And I reached it after years of trying to get in there. And, and I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it or anything like that. But at least what I realized for myself was kind of this feeling of like, is this it? Like, is I made it, but I still feel like, I don't know, something's missing. And the thing that was missing is my goal was the object of working at this place that I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. But really the goal should be enjoying the process of sound. And that's why I got into it in the first place. So it's just good to keep some perspective of like, there's no reason why you can't start having that feeling of enjoying every, everything you're doing right now, hmm. not looking at, oh, if I could just work at such and such company and have such and such money, then I would be happy. And some of that stuff, like, you know, it's good to set your goals for yourself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that and, tr and striving maybe for certain things that you might enjoy in life, but I think when you really think about it, there's a deeperness to it as I get older, where it's yeah. like, I want to do something that I can look back at and be like, you know, I tried to make some really cool sounds and tried to like bring something nice into the world as far as sound goes. How do you touch that? I don't really know. It's like the stuff goes out in the universe, gets used in a bunch of different stuff. I don't know what people do with it. Like they do all sorts of different stuff. Right. So I, I don't know. And sometimes they'll write to me or or contact me or whatever and say, Hey, I used your, you know, like a guy the other day said, like, I, I just want you to know that I've been working on black mirror and, and, and I'm a big black mirror fan. I'm nice. a big sci-fi fan. So when he reached out and said, like, we, I've been using all your stuff a lot. And I just want in the last season of black mirror, I was like, Oh my God, that, that's <laughs> awesome. And um, that stuff's really satisfying or, or hearing Like I heard that they use some of our stuff in the, some of the new star Wars films. Nice. I mean, I was a nerd as a kid, like watching Star Wars. I never would have dreamed that some of my sounds would be in that, yeah. you know, universe or whatever. I mean, those are really like satisfying life kind of achievements. And I think that it's nice, but like, I don't know, your, your perspective changes, I think, as you get older. I love it. I love it. So that's a beautiful way to end this. So before we kind of wrap up fully, where can people find you? How can people get in touch? What are your socials? Yeah, sure. So you can find us at www.soundmorph.com and write me directly at jason at soundmorph.com and then generally at info at soundmorph.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter mainly. And those are our main ones. Um, we'll also have a 
private group on Facebook called Sound Design Only that had just surpassed 10,000 members a few months ago, which I was pretty happy about. So I started Sound Design Only really honestly to try to try to drum up business for Soundmorph originally. And now, now people are posting on there pretty regularly. So that's kind of another nice place to connect with other sound designers. And I think most of the people on there are pretty good. I ended up kicking off like <laughs> a lot of them during the Me Too movement. There was this whole like crazy thing on there and I had to ban like, I couldn't believe how many people I banned. Oh man. Anyways, I think I've weeded out some of the toxic poison in that group. The, the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think most of the people are really nice, you know, and I want it to be a safe place for anybody that goes there. So yeah. Anyways, that's awesome. But yeah, um, I'm always happy to hear from people out there. So don't be afraid to like say hi to me and ask me questions or whatever you want. I might not have a lot of time to like engage in long emails, but <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> right. Well, amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. This was For so sure, good. Man. And I'm sure people yeah. got like so much good advice out of this. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. And considering I work in the world of video game, music, and sound, and so many people are always asking me how they break into that field, I have a newsletter set up for you. So if you wanna learn how to make music and sound effects for video games and actually be paid to do it, just go to bit.ly forward slash soundbizpod. Sound, B-I-Z, pod. And that newsletter will set you up with two free courses and a bunch of free ebooks and even sound effects. They'll get you set up and teach you how to work in the world of video game, music, and sound. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.